0: Hey, welcome back, and thanks for tuning in to Recruiting Insight. This is the place to be if you want to connect with the most successful recruiters, hiring managers, and innovators in the real estate industry. Hey, It's a great day to recruit, and I'm super excited to introduce you to our guest today, Vanessa Mouton. Vanessa is the managing broker of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Office in the cary morrisville region of North Carolina. Now, she's been making a bunch of noise in the real estate industry for about the last 18 years. She initially established her career as a high-performing independent agent and then later co-founded the Triangle's Real Estate Chicks team, one of the most successful real estate teams in Central North Carolina. Prior to real estate, she worked as a marketing and advertising professional for more than 14 years when she spe- where she specialized in small business marketing. Now, all of this experience has led her to the work that she's doing today, leading and growing a group of amazing agents who she's inspiring to do their best work every day. She recently told me that she loves her new position. She's been in it for 10 months now because it enables her to give and to do the work that is the best version of herself every day. Well, Vanessa, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners are going to be super excited to hear your story. Um, now, I don't want to spend too much time in your background. I want to just jump right into the the really the position that you took ten months ago, because there's so many of the listeners that are in your spot right now. They've they're they're in an office. Uh, they need to be a great managing broker, but they also need to be a great hiring manager. So, uh, so you can tell me a little about uh, your current position and uh, why you took this spot ten months ago.
1: Absolutely. And thanks for having me. So 10 months ago, I made the leap to leadership and uh, after being in the field for quite a while and feeling what the agents are feeling in this market. And uh, the quick version of the story is that I knew I would go back to coaching or leadership at some point in my career and the stars aligned. And uh, I felt like I was making a big difference with my clients, but could I be doing more helping agents in this tough market? And so I came over here and that's what I'm doing. And it's been remarkable. It's been a remarkable journey.
0: So, so when you got there, um, can you tell us a little about the, you know, the condition of the office and and what we, you, what did you kind of step into when you first started?
1: Stepped into a kind of a hard spot. Uh, obviously the market was, uh, tough already and, uh, just super busy, but we also had uh, some sadness going on a colleague that was, um, Passing away, and so we had to. We were kind of recovering from PTSD of pandemic, plus going through the loss of a dear colleague. Um, and uh, so, so, those first couple of months were super bumpy, as you remember coaching me. And uh, but we got through it together. And in that process, really bonded um, as a family. I guess we'll go ahead and call it that as a family. And so. We had to, some cleaning up to do, some freshening up, some painting, some clearing out of things. And uh, one thing that I did that I didn't know was a psychological thing was bringing in greenery. I love greenery, as you can see in my office. And so I brought in artificial greenery throughout the office, as well as the front door, um, and found out after the fact that, oh, greenery is supposed to be calming. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't even know that. So... That was some little touches, but it it was. It's been a journey. The first few months were the bumpiest, just because we had other emotional things going on too.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you almost started it like, uh, hey, we're going to start something new here. Um, So what were some of the goals? What were some of the goals that you set in place? uh, And how did recruiting uh, play into those goals?
1: Okay, so the number one goal when I walked in the door in the very first sales meeting that I had with the crew, day one, day two, I guess, technically, was to focus on the agents that were already here retention was my number one, uh, priority. And I said as much to them. And I, uh, my boss was with us at the time and I pointed to him and I said, I know he wants me to recruit, but I want you to understand you are my number one focus right now. And then we will start recruiting, but I want to make sure that who we recruit, who we attract is a match for our culture, because I already had, a, I knew what this culture was about once upon a time, because I was an agent here before.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, and I and I and I know a little bit of the story. So obviously, you're very successful at retaining, um, you know, almost everyone that's in the office, and you did a great job of that. And of course, uh, retention always helps uh, when you want to start recruiting. So you didn't wait too long. You only waited a couple months there before you really started hitting the ground running on recruiting. Um, And you had some pretty remarkable success. uh, Just from our discussion beforehand, Um, you've hired seven experienced agents. And your 10 months is there that accounted for 27 million in production, mm-hmm. so averaging four million in production. So I think a lot of people listening to this, you know, are, are really um, in the trenches when it comes to experience age recruiting. And, and when they see someone that's new in a position who can gain that much traction quickly, uh, it's it's pretty remarkable. So so let's delve into that a little bit. What um what about your value proposition has allowed you to to really recruit that successfully that quickly?
1: Well, we have a lot of talented agents in this office to begin with, so that is very important to align whoever's coming in with that. So I have been very diligent in not only explaining to my own agents, but anyone that I interview that we have a couple of things that we need out of an agent coming on board. They need to be full-time in the business. They can't be working part-time or full-time somewhere else, and they preferably if they're going to be a brand new agent that they've lived here more than two years to have a sphere of influence that's big enough to tap into. In fact, based on your 15 minute recommendation of a pre-interview Zoom, I have done that effectively since January and I have not hired 10 agents on purpose and save 45 minutes each time uh, because of that pre-interview. And so that's been for the new agent population. But then the agents that are experienced, the number one reason I think I'm having so much success with that attracting them is two two reasons. The uh, So I guess it's two reasons. My in-house agents are doing recruiting right. because they're talking about the office and the culture. and then my relationships in the business i've been in this market for 14 years and relationships is so important to me which i think you you know social media i stay in touch with people i'm very intentional so i'm not dialing you know 10 times a week but i'm on facebook i'm on instagram i'm i'm on twitter i, I mean i'm on tiktok i'm on tiktok,
0: <laughs> You're on TikTok. that's pretty impressive uh, right uh, my daughters will be uh, very impressed i'm sure
1: yes my 12 my 12 year old cringes when he sees my uh, video. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> okay well let's delve in that a little more i want i yeah. want to hit on that it's because i think um when it comes, there's a lot of different ways to recruit. And, and even when we, even we learned last week, you know, just, just having a good routine is certainly important when it comes to this. But there seems to be a little magic that you have here and I, and I, I just want to kind of delve into that a little bit on because there's a there's a promotional side to recruiting and then there's an attraction side. and of course, if right. we can attract uh, that's even better right and it's easier um, not that what you're doing is easy, but I mean the the process for the, for the prospect and for you once you're in the process is that easier. So what are some of the techniques? how do you, how do you build this attraction? What are the, some of the things you've been doing that, that you find success with? <laughs>
1: I really think it's important. The same thing as when I was in the field, staying visible, staying present. Um, and social media allows me to do that. Whether I'm commenting on somebody's uh, newest listing or their staging or their football game or baseball game, whatever it is, I'm staying relevant in the conversation online, which I think is is huge and a missed opportunity for many people if they're not online because everybody has a love hate relationship with social media. I do too, but I've realized that if I'm not there, they don't know I'm around and they don't hear my story. You know, a couple days ago I was on a conference call in the conference room and one of my newest agents who, Oh my gosh, she's a great cook. She's always bringing me food. She brought me a plate with a water bottle right in the middle of the, the call. And she's like, I need to eat lunch. <laughs> <laughs> So I put that on Facebook because that's our culture, right? So we're talking about our culture. But I think being present out there, and um, and I've gotten the advice from a very seasoned burger in charge that I respect immensely that, you know, she recommends being involved in organizations as well. And I see the value, but I see more value in what I'm doing personally for me on social media because I'm able to stay connected. And the best story, can I tell the story about the mm-hmm. bourbon?
0: You can. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> I haven't done it yet. I'm doing it this week. Um, okay. Was when the one agent that I really, I'm nurturing along, had posted a, um, a photo of a gift that a client had given him. And it was like this pancake mix and some other things and a syrup bottle that looked like a Woodford Reserve bourbon bottle. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) So I commented on it and I said, wow, that's a really sweet client. I said, but I thought that was a bottle of bourbon. And he said, well, that would have been an amazing gift. So I'm going to send him a bottle of Woodford Reserve (laughs) as as a little joke, but to just deepen the connection. And that's the thing with social media. You know, Ninja, we practice Ninja here and they talk about being intentional and going out and seeing the pain and pleasure. I follow through beyond the post and the comment. I might pick up the phone and call or text or you know, just take it a little further.
0: Yeah. So so uh, so let's let's hit on that a little bit. So so how much time do you would you say you spend on an average day, let's say on social media? I'm not saying 15, no. twenty minutes. 20 minutes a day. Okay. So you're spending 20 minutes a day, intentional sort of time. Yep. And I do know, because we've talked about it, that uh, there are, when you see something on social media, you do pick up the phone or you do direct message the person, or you do connect with them at a deeper level, or you do comment. So there's certain, it seems like you're pretty strategic about how you connect in addition to social media. Is that fair? Absolutely. To say?
1: Yes, absolutely. Okay. It's not as planned as it sounds, but it's just in my my nature that that's how I operate. And I think it's because I'm so relationship driven.
0: It's really, yeah, I think it is. And I think you have a talent there that's, um, that, that you're very high on the scale with. But there's also a lot of other people that have that talent, but I don't Absolutely. think they, they don't utilize it. Uh, right. and, um, and
1: well, I think I've told you before that I, I really treat or I found the connection from the field to being about my managing broker that it's no different than being. In a listing presentation or a buyer consultation, when you're trying to establish that trust, the no like and trust factor. Right. You right. Have to be prepared, and you have to stay in touch.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm starting to hear that more and more with the with the highest producing uh, recruiters uh, or that recruiting role that you have. That there is a of the connection between what you did as an agent when it comes to listing oh, yeah. and, and prospecting and really getting yeah. that work done versus what actually happens in recruiting. Absolutely. Okay, so so um so you're well equipped in that sense. Uh, so even stepping into the position, uh, re-stepping into it, I guess maybe is a way to say it. Um, you were pretty well equipped because you just come out of the field for what six seven years, right? Mm-hmm. Seven, okay. ten,
1: almost seven years. Yep.
0: Okay. All right. Well. Um, Another thing I think that you have noticed you're really good at is, is leveraging some of these long-term relationships. So, so you've built in this market for quite a while. Um, what are some of the things you're doing to, to, to leverage those long, long-term long relationships? How do you connect with people that you've known for a long time and get them into not necessarily a recruiting discussion, but at least uh, you know, you're talking to them?
1: You know, what's interesting is that I'm, I haven't changed much of what I was doing in the field uh, because when I had a co-broke situation in the field, and I have really connected or gelled with an agent, they became part of my sphere, even though we were competing agents. Uh-huh. So I can tell you, two of the people that are in my office that are experienced that came over, I was having coffee or, or lunch with them once or twice a year already prior to taking this role, uh-huh. because we connected and we enjoyed each other's company. In fact, one of them, I used, we would go kayaking together and we're going next week, actually, <laughs> oh, okay. because it was a common interest. So I think, it, again, I, I I keep saying relationships. It's that I, lo- I like to stay in touch with people that I mesh with, I guess. Right. And so that, but then also my vendor relationships have, have turned into some some leads uh, my one of my great agents that joined me in January came to me because of our close our mutual closing coordinator that we worked with. She oh. was getting ready to go to two of two uh, one or one of two other companies and pulled the, the plug and said, Kelly, I, I'm not I'm not feeling it. Who should I talk to? And her words exactly were oh. go talk to Vanessa. She's shaking things up at that carry office. <laughs> <laughs> And the best part of that story is she calls me on December 29th and I, I'm on PTO Yeah. and I pick yeah. up the phone and I know who Tracy Santrock is. Trust me, I know who that uh, is yeah, And because yeah. I had a deal or two with her before. And yeah. she's telling me the story that she's she has to move in two days or three days. She's done 17 years. She's got to make a change. So I said, I'll meet you at one o'clock at the office <laughs> on my day off. Because <laughs> that's a listing appointment. That's how you react to listing appointments. You strike while the iron's hot. And she signed the dotted line the next morning.
0: Wow. wow, That's, yeah. a, great, that's a great story. So. Well, um, let's, uh, uh, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about retention. so yeah. we, we kind of, uh, you know, we kind of hit on that on the first part of the discussion. Um, you know, what's very common is when there's, where there's a broker change or there's a, uh, you guys call them BICs in, uh, in North Carolina. Um, when there's a, when, when you have a manager change, then, uh, you know, there's often a lot of disruption that's going on. It's a, it's a time where an office is most vulnerable. So, um, how did you keep from uh, that happening with your situation? What were some of the tactics you used to retain people you wanted we to keep?
1: might have been in a little bit different situation because I was brought on to change the direction of the office. Okay. So it, in terms of growth. And so that, that helped. But we, I had two agents within the first few weeks who did let me know that they were considering changing. And, mm-hmm. uh, but they were going to give me a shot. Mm-hmm. and uh thankfully again had relationships prior before prior to being here and one of them had her best year yet i think by the end of wow. december and she's had her best quarter yet she's already done four about four million this quarter the first quarter wow. and she was going to retire last summer and then the other gentleman um of one of my favorite. I mean, he's just a great agent and a great person, favorite human beings. He's just a great person. Uh, He's had a great year too. And we've had, but I brought in, I guess the question you're asking is what did I do? Well, the first thing I did, and I recommend this to any managing broker starting out at a new company or a new office. Mm -hmm. I went to lunch or breakfast with every single one of Mm -hmm. them one at a time, because I wanted to understand where were they in their business? Were they in the phasing out? Were they trying to amp up? Were they, oh, I just have my license hanging there because I have a full-time job somewhere else. I needed to understand so that I knew where to meet them in their development. So that was huge. Uh, I think that's, people find that you're vested. They see that you're interested. And right now I think post-pandemic people just want to be seen and heard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great takeaway right there. I think there's something that almost anybody can apply, right? right away. So, so um, we, one of the things we've talked about um, in our relationship over the last few months, uh, you know, you're, you're focused on building a high performing office. Uh, And, and so by nature, there's some, sometimes people aren't a fit to that, that culture. There's some organic, you know, some people, uh, you know, have to have some changes in their life, or maybe they aren't that full-time model. How do you, how do you handle that? How do you handle it? Voting to people Well, on the I'm, I'm facing
1: that pretty intently right now uh, because I'm assessing, ne- since I'm making the rule for myself that I'm not going to consider a candidate if they are full-time or part-time somewhere or they have uh, less than two years in this market, now I'm having to shift that gaze onto my own roster and decide how does that look and what, what do I need to do here. And so today I had a, a fairly not difficult but awkward conversation with someone who I inherited and working full-time somewhere else and a few months ago when I met with him he said I, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let that go in June or I'm gonna you know stay the course and just keep my license hanging so okay well I need to know that answer now so I said the two options that I really need you to look at at this point is either, uh, leave that job and dive in full-time to real estate. To so I know that you are fully committed to this business because I'm investing in you. So I expect you to invest in your own business or to partner up with someone internally so that that person can stay on top of the paperwork and the knowledge that you need to represent buyers and sellers right. because that's the liability agents that are not producing or are simply hanging their license with your company on the off chance that they're going to write one or two offers a year, they're a huge liability because they don't know the contract. They don't know the rules. they they, They don't know the nuances. And so are they really the best representation for a client? So I explained that to him and he got it. And so the ultimatum is one of those two choices or find a brokerage that will meet your needs because we're not the place for you if that's the case.
0: Right. And I think that's also a, there's a legal liability that's associated, but I think is there's a liability to culture, too. If you're Absolutely. trying to build this high performing and uh, you know, we got some people that just aren't bought in or aren't going to do this, it really distracts from that. I
1: well, and I, and I see it in my existing agents. I have agents that have been here 15, 20 years. And of course, the phone's going to ring. <laughs> I turned it to airplane mode, but the other one rang. There you go. <laughs> the uh, the seasoned agents are seeing the caliber of the agents I'm bringing in, even the brand new ones. I have a brand new one that is she's been licensed five months. She went to EXP first, then she came mm-hmm. here, yeah. and 45 days after she got here, she closed two transactions, 1.7 million.
0: Wow. Wow. And, and then she's 23 yeah. and they
1: all love her because she's smart and they tap her on the shoulder. Can you do an open house for me? Can you go show a house? And, and she's just loving it because she's seen and heard and learning the business.
0: Uh, so that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, as we wrap up today, um, if you were, uh, let's, let's go back to earlier in your career. Let's suppose that you were, you were, a, uh, a less seasoned manager and a less seasoned agent you were, what if, what if you were taking, you know, uh, taking over an office new, or maybe we have a lot of uh, teams and we have a lot of, uh, um, you know, people that are just kind of starting this recruiting process. Um, if someone's got two or three agents and they're, and they're trying to get things rolling, what would be some of the things that you did what, what, what or would do to kind of get things, you know, go from the two to 10 sort of thing.
1: I've had some very good conversations around that recently with teams especially is defining the roles, defining the tasks so that you manage expectations and get ahead of them because when you have teams that are trying to grow i had a conversation with an agent in greensboro actually from my former broker in charge in my vincent salem days yeah. and her question was very specific about that growth and i said listen you need to look at what is it that you need spell that out and then ask the person you're inviting What do they need? Spell it out and see where it sinks. Because if it doesn't sink, it's a recipe for failure. Because how often do we see teams add a team member and the team member thinks, oh, I'm going to get all these leads. And the team leader thinks I'm going to get all this help. And neither happens. Right. Right. And then the team member moves on. Same thing happens at the brokerage level. Explain what your value proposition is. If you don't know what it is, and listen, I I speak from experience here. Ben is my first coach. You're my first coach, right? And on on the early days, or in the early days, we were defining my value proposition. We were trying to define my ideal candidate. It was really hard at first because I didn't know what that looked like yet. And it varies by office, right? I can't walk into... A huge 120-person office, and say, "Oh, I'm only going to have top producers." Right. Oh, that, that's suicidal. <laughs> right, right. You have to you have to fire you know over half of the people. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, so you do. You have to take stock, read the room. Number one, read the room, and two, make a plan and and follow the plan. One of the things I mentioned to you a couple of days ago, I treat all of my sales meetings as if they were a listing presentation. I prep for those suckers as if it was a listing presentation and it is not a not a minute wasted because I remember what it was like being an agent. Yeah. So I think the best managers are people that were agents personally, because right. they, they know what, what the pain points are. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think having a plan and if you don't have a plan or don't have a training program of any sort, Go visit other offices and see how they run their meetings, and go talk to other managers, and you know, just ask. Yeah, a lot of questions. That I did is, the first time.
0: Yeah, I know that is that is so helpful. Uh, that um, that that this you know we to hear all the things that you're you're actually talking about, and and uh, to to. Um, I've learned a lot today, just on even even though we spent some time together um, in our coaching relationship. So so thank you so much for sharing thank everything you. that uh, that you've been able to uh, um, put together. And I'm I'm excited about the next year. I think yeah uh, you know you're just you're just starting. I'm
1: and just getting started. That's exactly. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> well, uh, and now for those of you that are doing the uh, the hard work of recruiting every single day, hope you take what you learned today and go make a difference.
1: Mm-hmm.